0: I'm Dr. Candace Still Flippin, a nationally recognized multi-generational workplace scholar, TEDx speaker, and best-selling author. I created Beyond the Gap, a progressive podcast that features guests from different generations and backgrounds. During each segment, we engage in frank discussions and share perspectives on many unspoken workplace topics and offer helpful advice you can use right away. In this podcast, we go beyond the gap and help people build better workplaces and careers. Hey everyone, today I'm joined by Debbie Harvey. She's a founder and CEO of DHW Executive Consulting. Her firm helps companies evolve and transform their brands and she uses an amazing integrated communications approach. Now some of you may know Debbie because she is the founder and content strategist for Dining Digest Chicago. It's a social media platform that provides restaurant reviews, industry news, and commentary for dining recommendations. Today, we're going to talk about when to quit. and Debbie's going to share her experiences and advice that she gives as a leader to others considering the same move.
1: Hey, Debbie, how are you doing today? Hi, Candace. Good. Thanks for having me on your podcast series.
0: I'm so excited to talk to you today because one, you have a very interesting background and we're going to talk about a topic that many people have grappled with as they have gone through their career and that's about making a decision of when you decide to quit. There are lots of reasons why and I'll get into that a little bit later but first let's talk a little bit about who you are and your background and then we'll just jump right in. How does that sound?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. I am a self-admitted healthcare nerd. I've been in the <laughs> healthcare industry more than I'd like to care to share, but um, my background's really in integrated marketing communications in healthcare industry. I thought I was going into fashion PR wow. when I came out of college and grad school and fell into science. So things couldn't be more different. I am a Gemini, so I don't know. Maybe there's <laughs> something about the twins that <laughs> that I can flip a switch. But thanks for saying I have an interesting background. I, you know, I'm proud of my senior positions on both the agency side and in house. And actually, in early 2018, I did launch my own integrated marketing comms consultancy, as you that. had mentioned. Um, you know, kind of going on a journey from point to point to point, and trying to figure out what's right for me. So it's been it's been really exciting. I've had the opportunity to work with you know private privately held companies, Fortune 50 companies, launching all sorts of products, and it's it's been every step has been the right thing for me, whether I knew it at the time or not. Let's talk
0: a little bit about that. First, you said you're a Gemini. I'm not sure which twin I have on the line today, <laughs> but feel <laughs> free to give us all of them. But thinking about that,
1: what what word describes you and why? Oof. If you were to ask some other people, which I did because I grappled with one, the answer was snarky, but (laughs) I decided that I would rethink that for this conversation. And, um, you know, I, uh, (laughs) in a different vein, I, I came up with the word determined and I'd say I'm determined to just basically try to be the best me that I can be. So all of us, you know, really have so many parts that we play just in every 24 hours a day. Coworker, boss, sometimes wife, daughter, sometimes mother, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And to try and be, you know, the the best me I can be and have that determination has really helped advance my career and achieve the things that I wanted to, both I'd say personally and professionally. So, you know, I think that I think that being determined is both a positive thing, but in the vein of the topic that you have at hand, it also can be sometimes misinterpreted depending on, I think the, the generation and it can be seen as a positive and a negative thing.
0: So let me just unpack that. You first said that you kind of made your way throughout your career and you achieved, you know, achieved a lot of success. What were you determined to do?
1: So when I put my mind to something, I try and achieve it. And, you know, I love challenges. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about when you think it's right to quit. But boredom is, you know, <laughs> the devil's playground, <laughs> as, one says, as one likes to say. And and I think that's true. So, you know, I, I like to really take the the hard challenges and try and unpack that and try and figure out what's the best way forward is and come up with solutions. I'm, I consider myself a very solution-oriented person. And I think the determination of, you know, one of the, one of the funny things is, is when I got out of grad school, immediately I said to myself, okay, I want to be a VP by <laughs> age 30. And I right. didn't know for what, and I didn't know where, <laughs> but that was just an arbitrary thing in my life. And I achieved that before age 30. I was very proud of that. And then you kind of turn around and you say, okay, now what? So, you have to have that determination to continuously figure out what the next step is and, and what's right for you. And also, I think, have the permission to be kind to yourself and be okay when that. you don't have a plan, but be determined that y'all figure that out. Let me just
0: go back one more time, Debbie, because I, I really love what you said about being determined. How was that perceived by your friends, people who knew you, and then also by your workplace?
1: Yeah, I think that on the positive end, I have a, a solid reputation professionally of Debbie, someone who can get things done um, back to being solutions oriented and being determined to figure out the best course forward. and And that's certainly something that I celebrate and I honor because I've worked really hard to make sure that I'm seen as a team player and someone who is determined to succeed. And, and celebrate success, not just for the individual, but in a team-based environment, because, you know, no one can just do things alone these days. I think on the, when I, when I say negative, what I mean is, as a woman, I think sometimes determination is misinterpreted or is not as accepted as some of my male counterparts. Like, I may be seen as more bullish and more aggressive, and that's both celebrated and derided. And that's just the unfortunate reality that continues to be somewhat pervasive in the workplace. I'm lucky enough now that I'm on my consultancy side to work with amazing clients, often with whom I am able to choose these projects. You know, I I still see it though. And I think that being on the consultancy side and working across clients, you actually have that macro level view of seeing across companies what's going on, you know, what's that inner workings of intergenerational work in you know in business what generation are you so i am the heralded or flyover state of gen x (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, which i'm very proud of and you know i know that we are considered kind of that sandwich gen because of just our smaller size but one thing that i'm particularly (laughs) enthused about Although it means getting older, is you know we're a group that currently we're in our we're in our best years, right? That's right. We're living our best life. <laughs> <laughs> we're living our best lives. There you go. And you know, I, I think that now that you know the Gen Xers were more in, were more senior, were in places of influence and power, you can't ignore us anymore. <laughs> and you know, one thing that I think about Gen X is we're not self-aggrandizing. I think that. And maybe back to my, my determination or determined attribute, we're kind of just a, just get it done kind of people. You know, we don't have to be gnashing our teeth and beating our chest and, and saying, look at us and, and all these other things that unfortunately other generations are getting <laughs> appended with. But we're just kind of, you know, go along and and just do. You know, I am I, appreciative of Gen X and, and all of us who are part of this. <laughs> You
0: know, recently, um, one of my friends who's a millennial said that, which is awesome, too, said that <laughs> Alex, the producer is looking at me like I can't watch it now. Um, <laughs> she said that Gen Xers haze the younger generations. What do you think about that? She said that, you know, you guys say, you know, I did this. Therefore, you should suffer, too. I, I hadn't heard that before. Is that true?
1: <laughs> do we, do we haze. I think "hate" is a strong word. Um, <laughs> I, I can possibly see where where that where that person's coming from, and, and I think it goes back to the the perspective that a lot of Gen Xers have. It's just like, stop making a mountain out of a molehill. Sometimes, you know, this happens. It's always happened. This is the way it's it's going to be. Which you know has has some rationale to it, but also you know, change is also good. So you know, I don't stand with the everyone should hate millennials group. Um, I think, you know, I have a lot of friends who are millennials as well, who are really hard workers and successful and, and great okay. people. I mean, I think, I think the, the misnomer is when anyone whitewashes an entire group of people yeah. I mean, that just writ large, <laughs> right. um, you know, when you cast aspersions on a, you know, a cohort group of a generation and this is who all of them are, that's when you get into trouble. I would say back to the workplace thing though. I think that Gen Xers because we kind of pull from those who came before us and and are are close to you know those who came after us. I think that at least in my experience and in my personal experience of what I've tried to do is we can be a bridge in that intergenerational workplace. Absolutely. Of, uh, being able to understand a little bit of of both sides. So, you know, I, I think that is something, you know, I personally try and remove you know, generations. I'm terrible at guessing age to begin with. So I don't really know who I'm working with, which right. I prefer that way. You know, there are, extremely intelligent 25-year-old who surpassed 50-year-olds. And I just want to work with the best talent. It doesn't matter who you are or what age. Debbie, let's
0: explore the topic why employees leave in terms of when to quit your job. Lee Branham, in her book, The Seven Hidden Reasons Why Employees Leave, talks about a number of reasons Poor management, lack of career growth and opportunity, poor communications, issues with pay or remuneration, lack of recognition, poor senior leadership, lack of training, excess workload, lack of tools and resources, and lack of teamwork. So that's a lot. What's your take on when to quit a job?
1: Well, I think that is an interesting list. The answer is yes. <laughs> when you're feeling those things, the answer is yes. Yes. Um, I think of it a little differently and and I think everyone needs to you know kind of self-reflect on what's best for them. But I'm gonna take that question and 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 share a little bit about my inner thinking. So there are all of those external impacts or factors that will pretty much, I think create maybe three things. Um, and those are the three things that, I feel strongly that it motivates me to have left jobs over the years. One would be really know your boundaries, and if you don't have them, create them. You know, my dad used to say, "You get what you tolerate." <laughs> he used to say that a Thanks. lot as he got older, as well. <laughs> so, and it became a little bit of a mantra, and it it, it really spoke to me because it's very true. Um, you are your own best advocate um, as a as a manager. I've always been a very fierce defender, loyal supporter of my teams, But in the same breath, I would tell them that I, I will do everything I can to help you advance your career, but your career is your own. So you need to take that and you need to really move that up the field yourself. You know, I think get back to the boundaries. And I've had jobs that I've loved, but you know, travel became untenable and really was really affecting my work-life balance. I've had jobs that, you know, I felt that it wasn't fulfilling anymore. So we, whatever those boundaries are, make sure to set them. Great. I think the second thing is back to my boredom issue, but beware of boredom. You know, not being busy all the time, I think is actually a good thing. And I'm sure you've seen so many of the psychological and business articles that have been published over the last year about, you know, is, is busy the best thing for your mind, for your job, you know, busy doesn't mean successful. And I agree with that, but if you're busy and you feel like you're not learning or you're not busy and you're not doing something to, like I said, kind of advance your career, I think that it's probably time to leave, you know, as someone who wholly as you do values, continuous learning Yes. it's so important to be challenged and excited about what's ahead. Um, and I think the third thing is, <laughs> which may be a little taboo, but I'd say forget your five-year plan and focus on <laughs> the now. <laughs> and Love it. Be here now. I will tell you, <laughs> I will tell you my 25-year-old, my 30, my, probably my 35-year-old self would smack me in the face just by saying that. Um, particularly back to what I just shared about, you know, when I got out of grad school, but it's, it's really about forget what you think you'll be doing in five years, not to not have a plan, but if you're unhappy, try something new. What's the worst that, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Then you try something else that's new. So I, I feel like you may regret that new thing you tried because, you walked away um, and you may not, but I bet you won't regret walking away from the thing you gave up in the first place, because there was a reason that you questioned whether or not you should be there.
0: I love that. Know your boundaries, beware of boredom and focus on the now. I love that. Excellent. Excellent.
1: Yeah. And it's hard. It's really hard to put that in practice, right? Like I was thinking about, I was thinking about our podcast and, and what's right for me is not right for the next person. And and it sounds great in theory, but I will say that I have truly lived those, which is which is why when you shared, I, I completely and wholly agree if there's poor management or you feel like you're not being paid enough and things like that. But I think it comes back to you and your being and what you believe in. And that's where I was trying to really think about it of who you are is the most important thing and don't lose the faith in who you are. So that's where I think people can really assess if they're in the right place in that part of their life.
0: So do you have a story or an experience from your journey that you can share that really brings that point home?
1: Yeah, I do. I was in a position that for several years that I really enjoyed and I had a a great actually multi-generational team But there were a lot of organizational changes that went on, not all of which I agreed with. But I stuck it out because I wanted to see which way the wind was blowing. And, you know, unfortunately, in my position, my responsibilities were being chipped away because they were being given elsewhere. So I still had a core group of responsibilities and I I had the same team and I actually got Interesting advice from a, an executive colleague of, "Hey, you're getting paid; just collect the paycheck." Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, it's not bad advice for someone who, back to my second tenant, isn't isn't angry with boredom, <laughs> <laughs> um, or or isn't afraid of boredom, or however you want to think about it but i felt like i have a lot to do and i have a lot to offer and i have a lot of years to work still and i made that difficult decision to walk away from a a very steady and, and great paycheck but at the same time i was really starting to get that entrepreneurial bug that you know the gig economy is real right so i thought you know weighed weighed my options and said let's just do this so back to my forget your five year plan I wouldn't have said five years ago that I'm running my own consultancy, but here I am. And it's definitely the right thing for me. I'm extremely happy and extremely busy and extremely financially successful. And all of those things, you can't connect the dots backwards, right? Or forwards. You can only connect them backwards.
0: You made the point about the gig economy is real. And according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, this year, about 43% of the workforce will be people who are, quote unquote, gig workers.
1: What was behind your
0: decision to make that leap?
1: Opportunity. I think that when you look at, you know, when you look at where, when I looked at where I was in my career and thought that, okay, I have enough notches on my belt. I have a great network as evidenced by, I am a guest here today. Thanks to you. (laughs) (laughs) you're right um, you can send my check in the mail later. <laughs> 000.00. <laughs> and, that, and 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 the question really becomes why not? I, you know, I've I've had a great career. I have a great career and I thought if this doesn't work, I can I can go back to an organization and I can find something that will work for me. But um you know, and maybe this is a little bit back to my Gen X roots, but I was just tired. I was tired of the crap that was going on in organizations. And I I know that it's kind of same problems, different day, different place. Certainly, I think, you know, it happens everywhere in business. But if I was going to work really, really hard, and I am an extremely determined and hard worker, why not? Why not let that be for me? My my father actually owned his own business. He was a mortgage real estate broker. And he would tell me growing up that you should work for yourself at some point in life. You're the last to get paid, but you're also the last to get fired. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was fairly wise. <laughs> um, I haven't fired myself yet. Well, and, um, and, and back to your statistic, I think that a lot of people are. A lot of people, especially um, I've noticed at the senior level as well, have had some attrition from organizations, and they are going off on their own. I've had conversations with some of my my senior colleagues who have done something similar, and it is that it is that it, you know taking advantage of where we are. I think in the economy, but also when you get to a certain point, you do want to reflect on is this the right thing for me to continue to be an organization that I feel like I'm contributing, but I don't wholly own the strategy and the direction of the company or the flip side. Do you create the strategy and direction of a company? And I chose the latter.
0: What's your best day like?
1: Every day I wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you're just thankful for that, right? First and and foremost. (laughs) Okay. The best day is when you feel like you've accomplished something big. And big does not have to be you know you nailed the the biggest client that you were hoping for of the year. I think that back to you know the determination, big can be you've been wrestling with a problem for days, for weeks, whatever the time frame. And I am one of those people who happen to, just be walking or running or even in the shower and have those aha moments, and you're just so excited because <laughs> you have that eureka. Here's the answer, and then you're able to move forward and really and really deliver on something that you're excited about and the client thinks so as well. So it's those little big things I call them, and I'm I think I'm much more appreciative now of those little big things that that make a difference and just make you happy. Because if you wait for all the big, big things, you're not going to be happy every day. They're not going to happen every day.
0: Debbie, you and I are, I would say, type A. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i I say, I say there's a plus on the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone lives
0: their life that way. What advice would you give to someone who wants to come in do a great job? They don't want to be the president, vice president manager, they want to be quite good at what they do and have a great life and live to live as opposed to living to work, but they still want to feel good about their workplace. You've talked about boundaries and boredom and focusing on the now. What if someone came to you and said, you know, Debbie, this isn't working for me. What should I be thinking about? What would you say?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that and and it makes me think about a woman I hired many, many years ago who who is definitely type b and i love her dearly uh you know we still keep in keep in touch and i think the natural order of things is you one tends to surround themselves with people similar and i grew such a respect for for her because she she was quiet she just got the, the work done she was proficient and she actually did come to me so it's funny you're asking me this question and her, you know, in that situation, her husband was moving out of state, so it wasn't necessarily she wanted to leave, but she didn't know what to do next. And we talked a lot about some of the tenets that I had shared earlier, but also happiness, which I don't mean to sound trite, but throughout your career, I think there needs to be that that filter of is this am I going to be able to contribute to this job am I going to learn from this job as much as I'm contributing to this job and is this going to make me happy and sometimes you don't actually know the answer to that question until you get into it and I think that's okay too and I think that um I by nature am not a huge risk taker, which sounds ironic considering what I'm doing Um, I'm learning to take these more calculated risks but I, I recommend some of these risks for people who, who it doesn't matter if you don't want to run your own company. People are people. So if you're unhappy or you're feeling that you are not getting what you need or what you want, take a moment, write things down. I, I'm a big visual learner. So pros and cons of leaving somewhere and then well, pros and cons of the job that you have now. And then much like, you know, buying a home or doing, you know, making a big decision, write down the criteria of what is it that you are looking for? What is it that would make you happy? And then map that against where you are. And if they're completely off base or significantly off base, you have your answer. And then you have your criteria of moving forward of what you should be looking for next. That would be what I would say.
0: We've covered a lot of ground today. One final thought. I have a lot of mentees, I'm sure you do too. And they hit that, you know, end of their rope and they're getting ready to let go and they call and say, I'm out of here. And <laughs> I usually have a couple of things I say. One of the things I say is how much money do you have? Yeah. <laughs> and if right. they don't say that they have at least six months of a year of their living expenses in the bank, I say, is anything illegal happening there? Yeah. No? <laughs> you know, is anyone touching you? <laughs> no? Okay, call me back when you have enough to sustain yourself. And they can usually, you know, work, work it through. What's your first kind of go-to question when people come to you that way?
1: You know, it's interesting, um, and, and your question is a good one, and I, I actually will incorporate that in my list of questions. My first question is, what do you hate the most? Because if you're at that end of your rope, there is something bothering you that's so egregious in your mind that you can't stand it. So what is that? And back to your question, your other question about is it is it the work? Is it that you're in an uncomfortable position? Is it that you are being marginalized? Whatever it is. But I have found even for people to say that out loud really helps them, me in that conversation as well, help shape that conversation. Because it could be something to your point, they're unhappy, but They probably should keep going for a little bit and save up some. It could be that they should get out right now and it could be somewhere in between. But being able to crystallize, what is it that you hate so much? And I use that word hate purposefully because then people kind of, they either lean into that and they really do hate it or they back off a little bit and they have that self-realization to say, well, I don't really hate this. Right. And then we have a different conversation. Yep, yep. Anything else you want to add? Oh, I could go on all day. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that, you know, I love what you're doing with this podcast series. I think it's so important that people understand, you know, not only this topic specifically about, you know, moving on and moving up and all that kind of good stuff, but really the core of your podcast series about that intergenerational interplay. And, And I would say. The one thing that I hope people remember, regardless of what generation they are, is we can all learn from each other. You know, Absolutely. great ideas don't always come from the top, but at the same time, you know, veteran employees, senior people, you know, we have a lot of bumps and bruises along the way that we've we've gotten because we've been there in the battlegrounds. That we'd like to share that information and and counsel back. So, you know, I, I do think that. As your podcast series evolves, it's going to be really fascinating to hear everyone's different perspectives, And I hope that we all learn from each other.
0: I do too. Thank you, Debbie. You're awesome. You're the best. Absolutely appreciate oh, your time best. today. <laughs> oh, the love best. Okay. Um, have a fantastic day. And I really, really appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks again for inviting me. This was really fun. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Gap Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. For more information and to download the show notes, please visit us at beyondthegappodcast.com.